0: Well, church family, we start uh, last week. We started our series, uh, The Vine, the Trellis, and the Crow. Um, and hopefully, you've had an opportunity to follow some of the links through the local uh, email that's been sent out. Uh, we have, uh, we've, we've given in some resources for family devotions. And we've got a few extra printed out copies of that uh, for you to grab today. Um, this series that we're in is uh, we're considering how the Christian life is one that is primarily a life with Jesus. Uh, that to genuinely that to genuinely follow Jesus is to be having fellowship with Jesus. Uh, and and if genuine fellowship is happening, uh, as we spend more time with Jesus, we'll then see formation begin to happen. Uh, we, uh, the more time we spend with Jesus, uh, the more we'll be shaped into his character. Uh, that will be the outcome of our faith. And the more we are shaped like Jesus, the more our life will be, begin to bear the same fruits of Jesus. The more we are formed, we are formed by what and who we follow. Now, this, uh, this concept basically just comes from, you know, that old adage, show me your friends and I will show you your future. Now we're starting this series uh, in our church because we want to follow and fellowship with Jesus seriously. We want to be intentional about that. We don't want to be blasé about that. Um, we want to be partakers in the promises of God so that we can be formed into the character and likeness of Jesus Christ as God promised and predestined us to be. We want to be a people of faith, hope, and love. We want to be a people of patience, goodness, and kindness. We want to be a people known for our gentleness, our faithfulness, and our self-control because we are a people who are like Jesus and who love Jesus and who are spending time with Jesus. So we follow Jesus to know him and to make him known. And our following with him means fellowship with him and with one another with him. Today, we are exploring in the second week of this series. This is an interesting week. We could put this at the end of our series. It's it's up the front. So I think people have a bit of awareness of like what's going to f- Like, this is what will be filled. Uh, But we are taking, we're exploring a very, very practical step. It's a very practical step in what it looks like to follow and have fellowship with Jesus for this formation and fruit that Jesus talks about in John 15. Today, we're considering what's called the concept of a rule of life. A rule of life. How it is a rule of life is the basis or the foundation for the practice of the spiritual disciplines. A rule of life um, is to help us practice the spiritual disciplines. It's for us to have fellowship with Jesus. And it's so that our formation into be like Jesus is not by accident, but is an in meaningful, intentional, loving, relational approach. A rule of life is a plan to make time for the one who has died for you. A rule of life is to prioritise practising being godly. A rule of life is structuring your days, your weeks, your months, even your years, so that you can be spending time with Jesus, your friend. Do you make time to spend with your friends? Do you make time for him? God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Colossians 3 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, Set your mind on things above, not on the things of earth. So we introduce this concept of rule of life. This is how we're going to be organising our time and our thoughts over the next few minutes. Four headings for us to, to be aware of. We're going to talk about the concept of a rule of life, the concept of a rule of life. We're going to talk about the rule of life in Jesus' life the rule of life in Jesus's life. We're going to talk about some principles for a rule of life and then doing something, um, I'm going to talk about rule of life in my own life. Um, I'm going to be doing two things a bit different than usual in today's teaching. Uh, One is that I haven't done a Bible reading yet, have I? I'm going to be doing the reading at the very end to give you time and space to reflect on that in light of what we will have heard. The second thing that I'll be doing today, which is, I would say, uncommon, is I'm going to be speaking about myself a lot at the end, which I hate doing. But this is a concept which is uh, one that is worked is, is, is understood best when it has flesh, and you, know, you can see it in the, in the life of someone else. So I want to try and introduce that with just some of my own experience. Um, and over the coming weeks, um, please engage. Let's chat. Um, I want to be able to help you in this very helpful practice. So heading number one, the concept of a rule of life. What is a rule of life? Well, basically, a rule of life is an acknowledgement of our human weakness. That if we fail to plan, we are planning to fail. And a Christian rule of life is recognising how your life can be aligned with Jesus' life, making it a priority. A Christian rule of life is about an intentional, strategic, deliberate obedience, the pursuit of the righteousness that can be formed through ongoing fellowship with Jesus. Here's a question Do you have a plan so you won't sin? Are you planning not to sin? Do you have a plan? for how you can honour and become more like Jesus as you spend time with him. Do you have a plan for that? See, a rule of life, a Christian rule of life, is a plan that you've created, and for some people even written down, so that you can be proactive in cultivating a strong and healthy relationship with God while you're fresh and thoughtful. You're thinking about these things while you're fresh and thoughtful, proactively rather than reactively and less effectively trying to figure out life when you're tired and dismissive. The rule of life is essentially like the trellis that we heard about from Lucas. The rule of life is what the structures that we place in our life so that we can allow the vine to grow as it abides in Christ. Now, already at this point, I know that many of you will either be having both or one of these two thoughts from what I've already said. Two thoughts. The first thought will be, isn't this a little intense? Isn't this a little crazy? A bunch of rules. I don't like that word. Rule of life. A bunch of rules to follow Jesus. I just want to go with the flow, man. I just want to be spontaneous, dude. That's what my life's meant to be like. That's what defines me. Isn't a rule of life a bit crazy? No, not really. Two reasons I'd give. A rule of life, firstly, is not uniquely a Christian thing. You know, a few Christians some decades ago just called this type of Jesus following a rule of life. There's people in the world all around us that have a rule of life, either intentional or unintentional. People all over the world, intentional rule of lives. Do you know any high-level, high-profile athletes that have a fitness plan, that have a meal plan? They look a little bit crazy compared to the average person, but they believe they have what it takes to win the race, to win the prize, to be the best, and they are intentional in pursuing it, aren't they? They have a rule of life. Planned out, structured, disciplined rule of life. What about a farmer? Anyone know a farmer? To the eyes of the ignorant, a farmer who embarks on a daily routine to rise early in the morning, to be in the dirt, to plant seeds, to water and to weed, it might look slow and arduous and day-to-day pointless. But their perseverance is because of a trust that they know that one day they will reap a harvest. And they structure that trust around a rule of life. These are planned, scheduled, intentional, daily, monthly, yearly inputs for growth, aren't they? Those are some intentional rule of life. What about the unintentional rule of life? What about if you're a parent or a Surf Coast parent, a dog owner, someone who employs delayed gratification and enforces boundaries for their child or fur baby so that they may, may, and those people, those parents, those owners, they will embrace the pain as being perceived as mean because they know that this delayed gratification is an investment into the character of the one that they love. Now, there likely isn't a written plan but the parents knows that there are necessary inputs for meaningful growth. These are versions of a rule of life. And a rule of life can be formed and should be formed by followers of Jesus. Hebrews 3, uh, the, the author writes, take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be any or, if lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day so long as it is called today. Exhort one another every day so long as it's called today. What day is it today? Today. Oh, it's today. I should ex- probably should exhort some people. You look great. How are you doing? Love what you're doing over there. You're amazing. Sorry, just being biblical. But exhort every but exhort every one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, for we have come for we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. That takes some planning, doesn't it? That takes some intentionality. That takes pursuing. That's in Hebrews, or as one other pastor once said, too many Christians grow old, but don't grow up. Or in the words of Johnny Adavanis, being a disciple of Jesus means by definition that you are a learner, which necessitates hard work. We need to be a people who fight off spiritual laziness. You can be a Christian and be lazy, but you can't be a mature Christian and be lazy. The great musician doesn't become great from their going with the flow or spontaneity. They don't just wake up one day being able to play the notes, know the scales, recognize pitch, and adopt the right key. All of that comes with an intentional, disciplined, time set aside, just got to do it today effort. And so a Christian rule of life, it is creating moments to practice your spiritual scales To posture yourself in the presence of God intentionally. The Christian rule of life it is time made intentionally for planting seeds for fruit, but not seeds into soil, but scripture into your soul. The Christian rule of life it is being disciplined in your devotion, making and keeping appointments with God so that you can have a divine adjustment of your mind, heart and soul. See, Christian maturity is movement from come and see to come and live with, to come and die with Jesus. This is... Christian spiritual maturity, and maturity takes time, it takes input, and it takes investment. You can't Amazon Prime spiritual maturity. You can't next-day delivery Christian character. We know that you can't short-circuit depth character. We know that. So why would we assume that we can short-circuit Spiritual character. And God wants active pursuers, not passive consumers. Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on the things of earth. The Christian rule of life, it's you purposefully creating a calendar that allows you to add personal habits that lead to greater longings for Christ and his holiness. And the result is joy in finding both. This is not crazy. It's not too intense. It's the call of God to his children. As Paul writes to the church in Philippi, work out your own salvation. With fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. A rule of life is not a lonely walk, it's one with God. So that's the first thought that might be out there as we introduce the concept of rule in life. Is it a bit crazy? Is it a bit intense? No. But there's also a second thought, isn't there? There's also a second thought that comes to mind. It'll sound something like this. Louis, thought we're saved by grace, man. Through faith, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This rule of life stuff smells like legalism to me. Sells like I'm earning my salvation. Well, good news, if that's what you're thinking. A rule of life is not for earning your salvation. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. As you engage in this series, it's super important to remember that we are saved by God. We are saved by God's initiative, God's mercy, God's power, God's work, God's love. So importantly, absolutely, a rule of life isn't It isn't a calendar of coerced accomplishments in order for you to feel good or bad depending on your performance. I'll say that again. A rule of life isn't a calendar of coerced accomplishments in order for you to feel good or bad depending on your performance. The good news of the Bible, hear this, if you've fallen asleep, the good news of the Bible is that our adoption into God's family is based on Jesus's performance credited to us given to us by our trust and confidence in him. Not what we've done, what he's done. Isn't that good news? It's what he's done. A rule of life isn't a checklist of blind obedience to man-made rules in order to earn a place in God's community, as if that was ever at all possible. Being in God's community is by trusting in Jesus, having confidence in what Jesus has done. Believing in Jesus and giving your life to him. The gospel is the good news that God has pursued us, that God has rescued us, and that right now God is renewing us. And we every day are called to partner with him in that renewal process. And partnering with God in the renewal process, do you know what would work really well with that? Rule of life. Christian rule of life. You see, if you are pursuing Jesus, if you have felt and experienced and responded responded to the loving forgiveness and empowerment and affection of God towards you, if you felt that, if you've heard the call of God and you've been drawn to him, and you've known your sin, but also in the same thought felt his forgiveness and known him cherishing you, And if you've responded to God with thankfulness and delight and with a sense of weight-lifted love from him, then what are you going to want to do? Spend more time with him, aren't you? Continue to pursue him, pursue the God who pursued you, to love the one who first loved you, despite all of our muck, despite all of our mess. You will want, or you at least deep down you will know that you should want, more of his loving relationship that he freely offers. You want more of God. And a rule of life is an appropriate, necessary response to the gospel. Response to the gospel, to our salvation for relationship with God. It doesn't get you into the family, a rule of life. Doesn't get you in, doesn't get you in. But it's the life of relationship that the kids who are adopted in seek to cultivate it because they are in. Do you see the difference? Do you feel the difference? A rule of life in the family of God in relationship to those who have made the commitment and have received Jesus and were believing in his name, that relationship, that relationship, it will mean some effort. Yeah? Do you have friends? Do you have one friend? You know? Sometimes you have to get in your car and drive to their house to have a meal. That's effort. You know, some relationships, some relationships mean rules, don't they? Mean rules. Are you married? Don't sleep around. Don't lust after someone of the opposite sex or the same sex. That's like a, like that means rules. You're in a committed relationship. So there's rules to help the other relationship flourish. Oh, That's so logical. I can apply that to my relationship with God (sighs) to know the joy inexpressible and filled with glory. (laughs) A relationship, all relationships we have, all relationships we have are gardens that we tend, that we invest in, that we spend time in, that we plant and that we water and that we weed so that we can enjoy. Aren't they? Ephesians 5, Paul writes, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Relationships, good relationships, they are always worth the effort, aren't they? Aren't they? And we barely even think of that in terms of effort, right? Like a good friend. We, like, we don't regret spending time with a good friend. We don't go, oh, have to like go hang out with my best mate now. Far out. So hard. Can't believe I have to like schedule time in for this stuff. Mate. What a friend do we have in Jesus? So good news. If you're thinking that a rule of life sounds like legalism, sounds like earning my salvation, please see a rule of life is not that. It's not so God will rescue you. It's not so you will be good enough. Do you love Jesus? Have you sensed God's love for you through Jesus? Do you have an affection for Jesus? Do you know that Jesus, through his death on the cross and resurrection to new life, that that work is what has cleansed you from sin, then you, know, you can now freely stand before God in purity and in peace? If you'd be like, yeah, then you are rescued. <laughs> you are set free. You are good enough. God loves you. And today we're talking about embracing a rule of life, a way of living, a set of rhythms and routines and practices that help us discover more of not just the rescue, but of the deepness and intimacy of the relationship that we're rescued for. And it just keeps getting better and better and better and better and better. better. That's the awesome thing about life with Jesus. Everything else in this world will die, rust out, end up at the dump. Everything else will fade. You know, your brand new car will be one day a used car. Your nice house will one day have crayon all over the walls, if my kids visit. Your your new shirt, it'll get holes. You know, even your best mate, they'll die. But Jesus... It's just a constant life of ever-increasing discovery of his wonder and of his beauty and of his amazement. And then when we die, it's just like, whoa, my faith has become sight. Incredible. Let's keep doing this because now I don't even have sin holding me back. She's like, well, it's going to take a while. Good thing we've got eternity. That's what. That's what I'm pretty sure that's what he'll say. I picture Jesus as just so much fun to hang around with all the time because he is. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) got to say in my notes, we'll be here all day. So I've said a rule of life is a Christian rule of life is a strategic intentional about strategic intentional deliberate obedience to Christ, a pursuit of the righteousness that can be formed through ongoing relationship with Jesus. Now worth saying at this point, There's no way that within this one Sunday set of teaching, I can or should, I can can tell you what um, a rule of life can and should look like. Today is an introduction to the topic, okay? Just giving you sort of the the first, you know, star pickets in the ground of just like, oh, we need star pickets. It's kind of like today, right? This is like encouraging you and an invitation to take the first step, or even just to begin to process the thinking around this. Some of you will be like, I remember when I was introduced to this, I was just like, that's even a thing in Christianity? What? Give me a month to process that. Maybe that's you. But this is the first step. Maybe some of this has landed so far. If so, great. Maybe not. If it hasn't landed yet, here's a fallible illustration to try and work it out, All right, of what introduction to rule of life is you could see this sermon this teaching like the first ever organized conversation at the gym with your newly found instagram worthy personal trainer right this is like the first week you know and the rule of life is sort of what you begin to sort of see begin formed after your initial personal trainer with the gym yeah You know, you've sat down together with the personal trainer, and like, okay, so tell me about some of your goals. And you're like, well, I want spiritual abs, or you know, I want, you know, I want ever increasing joy, or it's just like I just want to be more like Jesus. And they go, great, I can help you with that. You know, I've got some got some goals here. I just want to be, I want to know how to hang out with Jesus. I want to learn more about Jesus. You know, I want to be able to do the things that Jesus did. And they go, awesome. Let's start with your schedule because you're gonna want to do some training, right? Like, you've signed up for the gym now. You know, sign up for the gym. So when are you gonna be able to train? Let's talk about your calendar. Let's talk about your diary. All right. Let's let's do an let's do an audit and let's budget your time. And you sit down with your personal trainer and you're like, you know, okay, so Zoe like, what did what did your Monday look like? What's your Tuesday? We've got to find some time here. What's your Wednesday look like? What do your weekends look like? And then you're like, oh, gee, I've got a lot, of, a lot of wasted time there in that section of my life. Like, wow, that's turns out between 8 p.m. and 10 30 p.m., I just scroll through Instagram or whatever it is. I don't know. That's no one here, is it? At all. Um, Get myself in trouble. Um, Anyway, so you find out that there's actually some blocks of time that you can redeem for your training. And you're like, huh, I actually do have more time than I thought to invest in this thing that eternally matters. And then also as you do a bit of a, a time audit and heart audit, you're like, huh, there's also some unhelpful activities that are going to be detrimental to my goals, you know. So if you're at the gym and you're like, you know, you're doing, used to be a personal trainer and you're like, oh, so tell me about your habits here. It's so it's like, well, you, like, don't go through McDonald's is the first thing you do in the morning. Like, that's not going to help you. You want to lose weight and you're getting like the double, the double McMuffin thing with the extra. like, d- don't like, okay, I'm probably, and you go, okay. So a rule of life can be exposing, right? You sit down, you start doing this stuff. You're like, God, please help me find ways to spend more time with you. You're just like, oh, probably should not be doing that. So rule of life is not only what we add in, but also what we are intentionally taking away. And so this rule of life begins to be created with your personal trainer. You know, It's the weekly, monthly, yearly frame for you to see and adjust and to walk towards, towards to so you can make an investment into your time with God for you to be who he wants you to be. And the rule of life, once you've got the time blocks sorted out, because that's really where we're thinking. We're thinking time blocks, the calendar, the intentionality of spending time with God, meaningful investment. Then, this is weeks to come, you start thinking about the spiritual disciplines or the exercises that you put into that calendar. So the first session with the personal trainer is, when can we train? How often are we going to do this? What's the pattern going to look like? And then subsequent sessions, subsequent weeks in this sermon series, are the exercises that we might do. So if this was first gym sessions, number one in gym church, the next week, in the next session, I'd be saying, come back next week. Let's talk about the specific exercises that you could or should fit into your freshly audited schedule. Which you're thinking, oh, this is intimidating, maybe, or you're like, oh, I'm excited. And if it, and if like, if we are going to keep with the personal trainer imagery, if you're like, yes, I'm keen, let's do this. Rule of life, spiritual disciplines. I'd be sitting back, I'd watch you leave the door, and I'd be like, I'm so excited that that person is taking their health to the next level. I'm so, I'm looking forward to that person doing some training and understanding some basics. I'm looking forward to giving them more tools in the future and weeks and months to come as they become proficient in the basics and then move on to other things. I'm looking forward to seeing their gains, seeing some sweet Holy Spirit gains. I can't wait to hear that person say, this has changed my life. I feel so different. I've got more energy, I'm better with my kids, I'm happier. And that's just what people say when they go to the gym. What happens when they start spending more time with Jesus? This has changed my life. I feel so different. I have more energy. I have more hope. I have a greater sense of my God-given identity. I had no idea that God had given me spiritual gifts to serve him and his church in these ways. I can't, I can't, I don't recognize the person I used to be. All of these things would be what I'm keen to see from the discipline of putting time aside to invest in a relationship with God. So, all of this to say, this is the invitation today. First step concept of rule of life. Now, this is the concept. <clears throat> Segway, I don't want to leave you in the lurch as to like, what are some of the things that I get to do in my rule of life? Like you're telling me about organizing time, okay? What else? You know, I just don't want it to sort of stop here. What am I going to be putting into that? Okay? Sounds all very like, you know, it's kind of like mysterious. You know, it's like, oh, I'm a bit excited. I'm nervous. What's going into these spaces that I'm willing to create because I want to take Jesus seriously. Well, uh, let me give you some of the generalized inputs that you can expect to see over the coming weeks um, and more for you to follow up over the series. So in the coming weeks of this series, we're going to look at practices of examination and encouragement, work and rest, delight and denial. Um, But here's a shortcut version. Those are all very artsy headings, which is too much to preach in in those times. Joash has got a few weeks to come, work and rest, just one sermon, just the theology of work and rest in one sermon. Poor Joash, pray for Joash. Um, But here's the shortcut version, what to expect in your rule of life. If you want to know what the shape and the result of a rule of life, a fruitful rule of life is, if you want to know what the shape of it looks like and the result of it looks like, a fruitful one, look at Jesus's life. Look at Jesus's life. We know that the goal, the goal of a rule of life is to practice the spiritual disciplines. The results of the spiritual disciplines disciplines is intimacy, delight, and joy in God. And this was epitomized in Jesus. Jesus is the culmination of that. Who had the greatest joy in God? Jesus who was perfectly able to abide in God? Jesus. Who produced the most fruit for the glory of God? Jesus. As Dalad Willard said, we want to be a kingdom of God people, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And it's as Jesus says, John 15, by this my Father is glorified, that you, Bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. Why did he speak them to us? Sorry, what did that say? Why did he speak these things to us? That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be empty. Is that what it says? What's the word? Not empty. Full. Who was that? Someone said that. Full. Yes. So the joy may be full. Insert preacher quote here. What does full mean in the original Greek? means full your joy may be full man could you imagine that how's your week been lot of joy this week hold on wait you weren't busy no 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 just i want to th- I want to tell you about my joy oh tell me about your joy full mate full can't get any more full overflowing in fact so much joy joy everywhere in my heart exploding joy why I've been abiding in Christ, keeping His commandments, seeking Him, following Him. So much joy! I've got to stay on my notes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> now, what were some of the what were some of the rule of life and spiritual disciplines? in Jesus's life. How was Jesus's life structured, if you wanna say that? Well, Jesus had a pattern of rest. Jesus had a pattern of prayer. Jesus had a pattern of people. Jesus modeled the discipline of learning. Jesus modeled the discipline of fasting. Jesus was committed to loving the little and the least. Jesus was committed to simplicity over amassing. Jesus lived a life that was in view of a plan and a purpose under the sovereignty of God. But don't just see what Jesus did. Look at the prototypes of Jesus in the Old Testament as well you know, how the Old Testament, you know, pointers to Jesus lived, you know, Moses, David, Solomon, Jesus is the new and better David, Jesus is the new and better Solomon, Jesus is the new and better Moses, you know, whatever gets a tick from these big dog characters in the Old Testament that point us to Jesus, I think we can safely assume that they, uh, that there was practices taken and applied by Jesus, but also improved on by Jesus. See, Moses Moses had a rule of life, didn't he? Time aside, going into the tent of meeting to speak with God. Jesus is the new and better Moses, who often would withdraw and engage with the Father. What about David? David writes this in Psalm 119. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous rules. Just David going and doing King David stuff in the castle or palace or wherever he was. It's like, alarm goes off. Oh, praise session number four, let's go. Jesus, your righteous rules, amazing. All right, back to work, guys. No, wait, no, we still need some more praising for the righteous rules over here. Come on, guys, let's do some praising for the righteous rules. Yeah, all right, cool dinner time, hold on guys, alarm's just going off, session number six, praising God for his righteous rules. You do this every day, David, like what's going on? He's just like, well, when I do this, nothing can make me stumble. Jesus is the new and better David. Jesus is the new and better David. He had a custom of being in the house of the Lord, didn't he? Even as a kid, where's Jesus gone? Can't find Jesus. We've lost our son, Jesus. I'm in my father's house. Of course I'm here. Where else would I have been? Or Jesus, the night that he was betrayed, shares the Lord's Supper with his disciples. What's the the last thing that he does before he goes onto the the Garden of Gethsemane to sweat blood before his crucifixion? What's the last thing that that he did? He sings a hymn. He sings. He praises. He worships. He's like, come on, boys, going to go die for the sins of the world. But first, let's sing. There's a rule of life. Worship before worry. Come on, Jesus. Solomon, Jesus, the new and better Solomon. He loves God. He builds a house for God. He meets with God. Solomon writes, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget God's words or turn away from them. You know, Jesus, he's the new and better Solomon. In terms of getting wisdom, he is wisdom. He's the Logos. So what will fill your rule of life? Generally, most of the practices that you'll be able to begin or more deeply pursue over the coming weeks will be things that have already been modelled by Jesus. So if you're already thinking, what are some of the things that I can be including and pursuing as part of my rule of life? When you have that thought, think about Jesus. Go to Jesus. Take Jesus seriously. Look at Jesus. So the concept of a rule of life, what it is, what it isn't. The goal, it's relational posture. We've looked at Jesus. Now, principles of a rule of life. Really quick preliminary comments because this is really important. Four Cs, character, consistency, change, connection. your rule of life. Keep these in mind because otherwise your rule of life will be this empty hollow set of rules and it'll suck. Okay. So (laughs) four C's, remember this. These will help you know what to expect if you begin this path of planned pursuit. Character, a rule of life will and should be personal. Like a gym program is personal, right? People have different goals. People have different capacities. People start in different places, just like fitness. Make sure that you're starting somewhere, and you at least go into the gym. Because it won't. The way that you train will be different to the way the person next to you trains because they're a different person. Huh? You know, a meal plan is personal. People have different tolerances. People have different flavors. People have different nutritional deficiencies. Like a diet, you want a well, you want well balanced, healthy inputs, and not every single vegetable is needed. Just and just start with the one that's most appealing. It's better than the junk that you're eating before. That's character, consistency. In my time being a personal trainer and being a physiotherapist, abs are not a six-week program. Tell you that for free. No one, I'm not going to bill anyone for today's session. You know, an ability to run a marathon is not just by dipping in and dipping out and dipping in and dipping out. A rule of life is only effective if you put it into effect over an extended period of time. Third, change. A rule of life should and will change, just like a gym program will change. You will progress from more basic to more complex exercises. Not that more complex exercises are better, but it's just that you'll begin to explore new muscles that you're just like, well, I didn't know I could do that. I know that that could do this. You know, you'll begin to discover new strengths. you begin to develop more interests as you figure one thing out. You're like, well, what about this over here? What does this machine do? Someone show me. This looks fun. And that person looks like they're having a great time. And they seem pretty fit, you know? And you'll also begin to uncover your weaknesses in a rule of life. Like, whoa, didn't know that was there. Might need to work something into my rule of life at that one. And you'll grow. And you'll adapt. So your rule of life should also grow and should adapt. Last C connection. Rule of life. Connection. Connection. The commitment that you are seeking to create in your calendar. They're not for moments of moral accomplishment. We've been here, said that, but it's about margin for meaningful connection with God. If you've forgotten that your rule of life is about drawing near to God so that God will draw near to you, then your rule of life is a load of rubbish. So there's a brief flyover, rule of life. Some principles, the concept, four Cs, that was cute. Now the part that is awkward for me, hopefully helpful for you. Rule of life in my own life. Um, uh, I, My life's been, uh, I'm you know, year, year 11 and 12, I was, you know, year year 12, discovered the gym, became a bit of a gym rat, you know, and then I was in the army, a bit of an army brat. Uh, I had, there was an appreciation of discipline that was already there. There was an appreciation of structure and form and routine and rhythm. um, And I already had, I had that appreciation of structure. Okay. In that time of my life, um, I really appreciated this scripture. Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. I would say back then I had a rule of life. They had to do chin-ups. The other part was just I should read my Bible every day and try and pray. But I didn't call it a rule of life. But it was there. Maybe that's some of you. Like, oh, I kind of got a rule of life already. That's encouraging. You should be encouraged. Then 12 years ago. No, wait, more than that now. 12 and a half years ago. There you go. I got married. This was a significant, this is significant, right? (laughs) Hopefully, should say that. Esther's not here anymore. Hopefully she's still here. Pre-marriage counseling in that time taught me the value of figuring out basic things of life when you're in a good headspace. So that when things get hard, when things get hard, there's rails and there's some decided rules and principles to keep the ship on course when the waves rise. So we'll be able to navigate via our instruments and not via what could become emotionally influenced intuition. Yeah? So even back then at the start of our marriage, you're like, well, we're not going to talk in this way. We're not going to do these things. We're going to establish establish some appropriate boundaries and ways of doing relationship together so that it's going to be in a, a, the best best space to flourish in the best way we can. We decided that when we had a good headspace at the beginning. And, and we keep coming back to that. We keep doing that just so that we make sure that when, you know, when we're tired and emotional and worn out, we bump into this Rule of life for our marriage. Back then, I really appreciated this scripture. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians 4. So there's already shapes of a rule of life, which we're beginning to sort of see and be like, okay, this is kind of like what it is. Eight years ago, I was introduced to the concept of what's called the ideal week. The ideal week. This is sort of just some of the wisdom of the world and, you know, how to micro habits and all that sort of stuff to be an efficient, you know, human being, blah, blah, blah. Basically, that's a planning ahead of a weekly calendar in advance of when it, you know, when it gets time and you start with the things that have to be done and you like put them in the calendar. Then you start with the things that you'd like to do and you can put them in the calendar, things you should be disciplined to do. And by the end, you stand back and you're like, oh, that's ideally what my week will look like. That was really helpful. You know, Esther and I moved house a lot. I was studying and it was like, you know, you sort of live two different lives as she studies and I study. And we go back to the ideal week. and like, oh, okay. So we know that we're not going to schedule something here because we've already got that blocked out for church. Or, you know, Monday night is our date night. That's already blocked out. We don't feel that. Plenty of blank space on the ideal week. Plenty of blank space. But we had this thing stuck on the fridge, which would change whether we were in holidays or not. we keep coming back to it. And we would adjust how we were spending our time because we were planning it in advance. And we're like, well, this is what we're basically going to commit to. That is a version of a rule of life for how we were living. Then three and a half years ago, I became a full-time pastor. I learnt that spiritual maturity and depth, that the spiritual maturity and depth of a church is often limited by the maturity and depth of the pastor. I learned that a church's ability to see Jesus and to have joy in Jesus and to know confidence of Jesus and to sense the realness of Jesus can often be limited by the one who is primarily telling them about Jesus. So I sought out older men in my life. And I sought out some old dead guys that I could read and be mentored by. And I podcasted and I read about what the long game of faithfully serving people in the name of Christ should look like. And I stumbled upon what was formerly called the spiritual disciplines. Habits for holiness prioritizing to spend time with the Prince of Peace. And I found two things in that. I found, hey, I'm doing some of this stuff already. That's good. And I also found, hey, I'm not doing some of these things. Some of these things are awesome. And so I began to crawl in some of those things, began to walk. I now get to run in some of those things. And there's like a pile of them just like, I haven't even dipped into that yet but let me just get my head around this one. And in that discovery was the concept of the rule of life. And I took all that I'd known, you know, since sort of leaving home and being an army boy and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, boom, let's try and redeem this whole thing. And that's no longer about the efficient, an efficient calendar so that I can be, you know, highly, highly effective habits of whatever it is that book is that sold too many copies that people were interested by, but just How do I do life with Jesus well? So church family, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things of earth. I want to invite you into growth. I want you to, take and chew on and meditate on these preliminary insights of a rule of life and then to build on them. You know, we've got a guide that you can download online, which has got some introductory thoughts. It's all right. It's a place to start. But let's together meaningfully invest in our relationship with Jesus and help one another out. Start the conversation. And walk side by side in what I'm sure for many will be a new thing. But it's a good thing. Because our feelings follow our faithfulness. And our delight deepens with discipline. And our affection intensifies with intentionality. So I've played it up a lot today in just introducing this concept. So I'd encourage you to ask God to lead you on a path of pursuing him so you'd know the joy of being with him, the good shepherd of whom in his presence you lack no thing. And then come back over the weeks to come. Let's keep exploring and putting flesh on these bones. And we'll go from there. As promised, I'm going to finish with our Bible reading. And then we're going to sing some songs in praise and worship of what God has done in the gospel, brought us into his family. We can even be practising a rule of life right now, singing, remembering, worshipping and praising. Brett's got a bunch of songs he's going to lead us in. Um, As the band comes up, I'm going to read for us Matthew from Matthew 7. This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, What has often been said is Jesus' most famous teaching. He gets to the very end of all the things that people should and shouldn't do, and he says this. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because... It had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against the house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Church, my alarm's just going off. Praise session number six, praising God for all of his righteous rules. Let us find our firm firm foundation in him. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.